Welcome to Jack Howard Colour, the podcast. Today's guest is Amber McMahon from Detroit, Michigan. Amber's a nine-times BTC finalist, which is absolutely amazing. She's made some big changes in her career. She's a mom, she's a wife, she's a busy, busy working stylist. Come listen to the story. Welcome back to Jack Howard Colour, the podcast. Today's guest, I'm super excited to have her here. I met this woman at BTC. She is an all-round go-getter. She's a mom of two, a wife, a human being, and a kick-ass hairdresser. So Amber McMahon, welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you? It's so good to see you. It feels like it's been ages since I saw you I in know. that swimming pool, right? Yes. <laughs> you're in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So you're you're not far, that far away from me. You're probably very cold at the moment there as well, I would have Yes, thought. it's freezing today. <laughs> freezing, right. Yeah. But you're a nine times BTC one-shot finalist from 1919 to 1921. Nine yes. times. Yes. Uh, you're also a Bellamy Pro Hair artist, which is extensions, of course, and you do some fantastic uh, makeovers on that. And I want to talk to you a little Thank bit you. about that part of the journey too. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it all start for you, Amber? Did you know that you always wanted to be a hairdresser? Yes. When I, um, when I was in high school, actually, I wanted to go to college for architecture and interior design, always into the fashion, um, but that's kind of where I wanted to go. Um, and... I decided quickly on in college that it, it definitely wasn't for me. Um, wanted to go to beauty school, but we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So it financing the end of it wasn't really an option. So at the time I was working at a salon um, locally and they offered me an apprenticeship. That's really interesting for me in, in that moment, right? Because generally you hear of hairdressers in the USA, they have to go to beauty mm-hmm. school. They either go when they're in school or they leave, go when they're as their college mm-hmm. piece, but you were in college and no cash around to go to beauty school because it's not mm-hmm. cheap by any nope. stretch of the imagination, but you've got an apprenticeship. Well, it was, it was supposed to be. So uh, the owner of the salon's assistant still had some time to finish out. So I uh, dropped out of college and then was waiting for the apprenticeship. Um, and then they ended up opening up another salon. So the apprenticeship was an option. The owners were just too busy. Um, and right around that time, actually, the um, uh, the director of Palm Matilda School that was just opening up in our area came into the salon and told us how they were opening. And um, so I went and did a tour and I went home and uh, now husband at the time, boyfriend, very early on, um, his, uh, I was telling him about it and his mom actually offered to co-sign for me. And we were pretty serious. Um, but at the time, the school wasn't quite accredited yet. So or they weren't accredited yet. So the schooling was far less expensive before they were accredited. And I think wow. it was within, yeah, the first couple of months of them being open, they finally got accredited. Um, so it all, it literally just all completely fell into the pla- into place. Um, and then shortly after that, I left that salon and was doing the front desk at another salon. Um while I was in beauty school, um, graduated from there and, um, was, we were in the talks of assisting and, you know, doing those kind of things. And then I got the opportunity to open my own salon. Wow. Hold, hold on a minute. <laughs> yes. Hold on a minute. So you're at beauty school and you've got two mm-hmm. jobs going, which is very much an American story. I think really. Mm-hmm. That you, uh, three, you know, three, actually. Three jobs going. Yes. At beauty school, it's the hustle, right? It's yeah. the it's the make it happen thing that seems to be ingrained in the American psyche. Yeah, 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 very, and, very, very much so. But to qualify beauty school and then to go and open a salon, that's huge, right? I mean, that's massive. That I think because you're, I was so young, and there was there was no fear of failure. You know, so I got the, um, I was actually, I was bartending at the time that I worked at the salon and then I was in beauty school. So I would go to school from, I think it was like eight to five or something. And then Monday through Thursday, I would go to the salon. And then Thursday after the salon, I would go and bartend. And then Friday nights and Saturday nights, I would also bartend as well. So I had Sundays off. Wow, that's Um, a lot of energy, right? When did you see the boyfriend? 
Um, well, <laughs> so, um, during all of this, we actually decided to have a condo built. So the, the day I actually started beauty school, uh, within that week is when we closed on our condo. So now I also had the responsibility of, you know, a mortgage. So I had yeah. to work. There was, there was no option. I had to make money, you know, and you do what you have to do, you know? So, um, we didn't see each other much, but, um, I, I'm so blessed to have him because he's always just let me be me and, you know, follow my dreams as I do him, you know? So truly without him, I don't even know if, I mean, I would have had the motivation and the stamina to do it, but the support system, you know, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Support systems are so important wherever you are in the world. And it's really nice to hear somebody talking so openly about it rather than saying they just did it on their own. Right. Because nobody does it on their own. Yeah. So, um, and then when I was at, I was bartending, um, I was talking with the owner about, you know, he asked, you know, he graduated school, you know, what are your plans? And, um, I'm like, Oh, me and my brother-in-law, we're gonna, you know, open up a salon. And we had uh, this, this, he's like, Oh, you should speak to my ex-wife. Our daughter went to beauty school and, um, you know, it's always good to have, you know, a money backer. And I was like, Oh, sure. So she ended up coming up to the bar the following night when I was working and asked if we could have lunch. And we had lunch. And uh, I think that was in November, I want to say. And then February 15th, tomorrow, um, would be the anniversary of it. We opened up a salon, or we signed the lease. And then we opened up that September. So How old were you at this point? I was 22. 22 wow. when we signed the lease, 23 when we opened, um, with, with no um, experience no. whatsoever. And it was uh, um, 18 chairs and a full spa. Wow. <laughs> so Huge. Talk about figuring it out as you go was, was the theme. Yeah. And what do you think was your greatest hurdle at that point, right? The, the biggest challenge? Um, I, I want to say really hiring one was, I mean, we, we kind of, we had a really phenomenal location um, uh, right on a busy road. I mean, it's like the corridor of our, our township and um, very, very busy road. I think at the time, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like a hundred thousand cars a day or something passed. So, I mean, the location was, was right out in the open and we had quite a people apply, but the, the, the issue that I felt like I was having early on is um, I was so young and I was, everyone that I was interviewing was older than me, you know? So I kind of felt um, I had the confidence to do it. I mean, they say fake it till you make it. Um, and in that situation, I don't necessarily hundred percent believe in that, but in that situation, I mean, I had to, you know, deliver because we had this beautiful location and, you know, wanted amazing things for it. And then also just the knowledge of, I mean, every aspect of numbers, running a business, product lines, um, color lines, uh, how to run a spa that, you know, um, I wasn't familiar with at all. And I, and I barely assisted even prior to this. So I went from beauty school to, I mean, I think it was a few weeks of assisting to opening up an 18 chair salon with no clientele, barely any clientele. So That's, um, um, it's pretty phenomenal, right? Because it's like I that, that's that is a huge leap of faith right in yourself and yeah. what you're doing yeah. but the majority of salons in the UK are about four seats mm-hmm. and um so 18 chairs it is a big space oh yeah and the salon that I had worked at um the owner of the salon was one of my biggest mentors the original one that I was going to do the apprenticeship at and she just they her and her husband just ran such a phenomenal salon and I, I want to say there was like 27 chairs in that salon um, and the salon I'm at now, there's 40 chairs and they have four locations. So larger salons aren't necessarily uncommon, I want to say here, or at least in Michigan. Mm. Um, but I only had known of the, I only had worked in, in a larger salon. So that's what I yeah. initially um, envisioned for it, you know, but not really realizing, you know, I was what I was, I knew what I was getting myself into. I just, looking back and trying to put myself into that headspace that just failure wasn't an option. It had to succeed, you know? And, and did it? I think within the first year we really realized, I I realized that um, this partnership just wasn't going to work out. 
Um, she had uh, one of her daughters uh, does hair and then the other two didn't. And um, I won't go into details too much because no, they're still to. open, you know, um, but I think it was within the, fir- the three years that was almost on the, on the mark of us signing the lease um, ended up. Um, but another story, I um, got married and a week after I got home, we uh, um, decided to part ways. So at that time I was 25 and we had to, you know, go through litigation and the whole process of splitting parting ways. Um, Probably the best thing that's ever happened to me, just realizing that, you know, don't, you can't trust people, but at 22 years old, I mean, I think I trust trust everyone. Yeah. 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 And, um, um, just the, the knowledge of running a business, the creative end of it, the books, the managing people. Um, I think I would, even though at that time in my career, it was, I don't want to necessarily say devastating because it had to come to end. It was very vile situation. Um, and it, I learned so much that you would, you would never learn those things in school, in business school, in cosmetology school. I mean, I could just every situation about it. I'm so beyond grateful. And when it all ended, I, I, I had to find a job in it in one day, one, because I had this massive clientele within my first fiscal year of doing hair, I did over six figures. So it was like, I opened a salon and I bartended, um, the first couple of months to pay for an assistant So for me, it was, I had this certain vision and I couldn't afford assistance at the time because I was building a a clientele. So I bartended on the side also to promote myself because at the time there wasn't Instagram. You didn't use Facebook. It was all marketing and referrals. So I um, did that until I could afford to uh, pay all my bills and then also pay an assistant. Um, And that only took a few months. I'd say it was like four months if I'm remembering correctly. And then from there on out is now that I was just focusing on myself and the uh, salon. Um, I mean, it just it it just skyrocketed. So I maintained that. Yeah, it's amazing to hear the the drive that you have. Right, I felt that energy when I first met you. Um, that yeah. you were dr- you were driven to be successful, and in fact. At that BTC show, I felt I was surrounded by super driven people, full stop, yes. you know. That, mm-hmm. And it's so easy to look back on life and sort of see those insights. And when you're in it, it's really difficult to get through that. But you still pushed through all of it. Um, yeah. And and got a job the day after you decided to sort of say goodbye to. Yeah. So I, I had to um, call my distributor. And at the time... Um, I, we were using a certain color line and I'm like, this is a situation that happened. I'm going to end up having to go through, you know, litigation and attorneys to get, you know, bought out and, you know, the whole scenario of all of that. And she referred me to this woman, Kim, that owned a salon and I, they gave her a heads up. I called her, I believe that was on like a Thursday, I want to say, um, I was off Friday and I knew things were kind of going south. So I, for a couple months prior to that, um, I was going into the, the computer system and deleting my client's um, information. And then I had to delete the log because I just, it was, it was not good. Um, but I knew that they would end up trying to contact all of my clients. So I was, I, it was, it was a long year that year. There was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff that had happened and I had to protect myself. But at the same time, when you're part owner in something, you can't just walk away you know, there's, you know, legalities they can hold you liable for, you know? So you have to um, face the music. Yeah. I had to, I had to stick it out and it was the hardest, probably one of the hardest things I've ever been through my, my life mentally. Um, because there was just a lot of stuff that just, just wasn't right, you know? Um, and then obviously being young and not experiencing ever experiencing anything like this. And, and I'm 20, 24, 25 when this was going on. So like at your partners with people that, um, a woman that is very wealthy and then there's me, you know, I, I I couldn't, you know, 
paid to, to be in litigations and hire a forensics attorney and, you know, nitpick the books. I mean, you get into that stuff. And I mean, you, I would lose everything. You know, you, so you want to get out as safely as possible, don't you? Really? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So after all of that happened, um, I went to this, this woman welcomed me with open arms and um, I just, I had one day off contact all my clients, got them all back on the, you know, the books and pretty much worked 8am to 10, 11 o'clock at night, every single day to recover from it. And um kind of lost a sense of who I was there for a little bit because mm. here I am so young. I opened this, you know, big, gorgeous salon and no one quite understood how it happened because I was so young, you know, and they'd be like, wait, you're, you know, you're the owner. And it almost, when I did own a salon, almost, I was kind of in, embarrassed by it. Cause people would look at me like, how, like, how did you do that? You know, I would have been more uncomfortable and embarrassed about it not working out that's where I would have been I would have felt some internal shame not that there's any shame in something not working out but I would have really struggled with that piece um the the failing piece I'm not really good at yes good at that yeah and I I it was such a um it was such a horrible time and so much had happened that I think I I mourned that part and dealt with, even though no one knew it was happening, none of the staff knew it was happening um, throughout this whole process. Um, but I started suffering. I had like acid reflux from stress. Um, and I'm someone that can tolerate quite a bit. Um, I work well under pressure. Um, but during all of that, I think I mourned the, the loss of the salon before it happened because I knew it was coming. Yeah. You know, and it was such a bad mental state to be in for almost an entire year that when it did happen, it was like, all right, like as soon as um, they, they locked the doors on me, I, I found out they changed the locks. As soon as it happened, it was like, okay, game on. Let's, let's go. Let's get this done and over with. And it, and it wasn't easy by any means, but the moment it was all done, I like the health issues I was having were, were gone. You know, it's just being in such a, uh, a very unhealthy um, environment for so long. You don't even realize it, but it, but it does to you. you yeah, know? it really does. It really does impact you. Uh, that unhappiness and you're just, you just keep going, but it ends up, it's like flogging a dead horse, isn't it? I mean, it just, it just drags you down. Yet you still manage to get out of it and what was interesting, I thought, was that you sort of said, well, then I was doing clients from eight till 10, eight in the morning till 10 at night. I mean, mm -hmm. hustling, drive, pushing forward. I mean, I just what a story. What a yeah, beginning it, of a story. Yeah. And that was that was the first three years of my career. Um, it, it, it started off and it just went so, so quickly. And I didn't even know. I guess I figured out at what I was doing as I did it. Um, and, and, and no guidance. Um, my business partner at the time didn't know anything about the industry. She wasn't a hairdresser. Her daughter had just got out of beauty school as well. And when yeah. I tell the story, it, um, it, it makes me like smile and laugh because who does that <laughs> at 22 years old, right out of beauty school. And I did. Um, yeah. and I, and I, I truly, 110% think now where I'm at in my career, I've been in the industry for 14, almost 15, it'll be 15 years in June that I graduated beauty school. If I, if, if that did not happen, I feel like God makes everything happens for a reason, because if that did not happen, eventually I would have opened a salon and I wouldn't be able to focus on myself. And I'm such at a happy point in my career and life. And I'm so blessed to be working for who I do work for. And I can truly solely focus on myself because I always want to branch out and help everybody and, you know, help people grow and, um, make everyone successful. And, but at the same time, when you're doing that, you have to take focus off of yourself. And I think I, at I, this point, yeah. I think so many people think that opening their own business or being their own business is going to be the easy option, the better option, because then they become their own boss. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that what we've seen in the last few years is people have gone that way we've also seen people really struggle with how difficult it is because it takes a certain character 
to yeah. run a business. And usually you need a great business manager behind you as well, because you can't be the artist, the hairdresser you want to be and manage the staff, manage the books. Or, and there's a lot involved in it, even if you're on your own. Yes. It's, it's yes. really tough. It's really tough. Yes. But I like the fact that you figured out that you don't want that. Yeah. And, and I, um, I think through, from, from that point, um, I was at that salon for about eight months and just realized it was not my home. I was very grateful for her giving me my home, but I could just, I just knew that it wasn't for me. And, um, someone had uh, referred me to Ralph Bianchi. Um, and he's very well known in our community. I mean, he's Bianchi salon. I mean, there's four locations. Yes. Uh, they're all 20 minutes apart. I've been to, one of yours I've been to two of your salons many okay. many years ago when I I lived here before so and um it, they're beautiful yeah yeah and they oh, I remember Royal Oak yes yeah they've been in the industry they've been open for over 40 years now um and now they own two beauty schools they're opening up a second one that should be open um I think in the next few months and they're just they're they've been in it for so long and when I met with Ralph it was just I, I had such a good feeling because at that point now I had moved this would be my second move in less than a year. So it had to be done very strategically. So I didn't lose clients, you know, and, and my sole focus was just finding a home where I can stay and, you know, finish out my career. Um, at that time, my, my main focus was just fine. Like just, I wanted, I just wanted it to be over because that eight months, it still wasn't over. I was still doing with all through all the lawyers and litigation and all of that. So once that all ended, I just, I knew it. So I came to Bianchi's and I'll be here 11 years this year. Um, and I'm, and, and, and I'm very open with them. I'm super close with them. And, um, you know, throughout these 11 years, it has crossed my mind of like, I want to do something out. You know, I want to do something. I want to leave an impact on the industry. I want to help people. I want to help people grow because I've had, uh, I feel for, for me, I've had such success behind the chair. Um, yes. and, um, I've evolved. I tried out every single year reevaluate and figure out how to stay relevant. And, um, um, but I still know every single year, I, I really look at how blessed I am to be where I'm at and, and they do run a phenomenal business. What does home look like to you? As far as the salon? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, I, I always say that, um, I mean, we're so busy behind the chair and I, I swear, I, I love what I do, but I look down for a living. Right. Um, and for me, it's, I like being around other creatives, but I'm also very, I, I like being in the mix of it, but away from it. So as far as referring to a home, I need somewhere where I'm surrounded by creatives. Um, but I also need the environment to be well ran and calm. If, if that yeah. makes sense, you know, um, I need a support system, you know, I have that at home, but in the salon environment, um, it's very important for me to have a support system along with being around other creatives. You know, it just, it, it's, it's hard to explain the environment, but when you, and I'm have you met Ralph? Yes. The Bianchi's they're just, they just let you do you, you know, they, they, they let you be you. They let you do you. And whatever your dreams are, they'll assist you in trying to make those. But at the end of the day, it's your job to, you know. It's a great sign of a, a good boss, I've always yes. felt. And I, I mean, I, I had great bosses in the States. And then when I moved to England, I had a few dodgy ones, you know, uh, who's maybe mm-hmm. they had the, their agenda, but didn't really want you to fit. They just wanted you to fit in their agenda rather than let you blossom. Mm-hmm. And then I worked, worked at Paul's and still do work with Paul. And they, they let me be me. And it was so important because I'm married to somebody who lets me be me. Yes. And I can be my best in that. And they can still point out where I could be better or, or yes. where I could like tone it down. But mm-hmm. the, su- the support in that and the safety in the way that that feels allows you to really produce some really kick-ass, wonderful work. Yes, yes. And, and coming in here, it was, um, my clientele is so large, you know, coming in here, I had always at my salon, I had, uh, two chairs and I'd, I'd have a third if I needed it. And then at the salon I was at for a short period of time, I had two chairs. Um, and when I came here, you know, 
it's a commission salon. And I just said, you know, I don't know, you know, how many chairs you have, but I need, I need two or three because I like my clients to be next to each other. Cause if I'm, you know, highlighting for yeah. an hour, you know, got to go to the next, got to go to the next and then, you know, make my way around. So it's, you know, it's gotta be, I, I can't have one over here processing another one. And they were like, yep, absolutely. Whatever you need, you know? So they just have always been so supportive and just kind of, if I, want to use, you know, if I want to try something out as far as a different color, if we don't carry it, they just, I just do me, you know, and they're always there to support and fall back on. I love having three chairs. I love being able to work like that. It's a tough way to work because oh. of course, you know, you're not doing one person from start to finish. You're doing three people from start to finish and yes. you're, you're hustling. But I do love that kind of energy that it gives. Um, I don't think I could do the 18 to 24 clients a day anymore myself. That's what I used um, to do. <laughs> because it's a lot, right? It's a lot. But it's I think, you could you can only do that in a, a salon that can give you the space. And I think too, like my before I got an Instagram, because I think I think I've been on here now since maybe 2017. I never took it, I didn't really know what I was doing you know, with the, well, with the whole social, yeah, the whole social media thing. And, um, but I was at my point in my career where I did, I still did a lot of transformations, but my books were filled with tint retouches. Oops. Um, and, and I wasn't feeling creatively fulfilled. And when I'm not creatively fulfilled, my brain starts wandering, you know, of yeah. like, okay, is it time for a change? You know, I, I don't like change. I like routine, but at the same time, I, I like change. It, it's hard to explain. So I think a- any hairdressers, any hairdressers that are listening will know exactly what that means, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, um, I work with two assistants and, um, one of my newer assistants that I had hired, you know, was showing me a, a social media of a girl that she had interviewed with. And mine didn't look anything like that. I just kind of posted here and there, but never really took it seriously. And she was showing me it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to need your help. I don't know how to do a story. You know, I don't know, you know, how do we photograph stuff? Because I had an envision in my head, but I didn't know how to um, go, go about it, you know? And I'm definitely more of an introverted person. I'm a very private person. Um, I have an extrovert exterior, but I'm definitely very much so, uh, introverted. If I'm around people that make me comfortable, I'm much more outgoing. Um, so to put my face on my social media, I was like, Oh no, I'm not doing that. There's no way I can't do that. And look at you now. Look at you now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Audrey is her name. Actually, she's on the floor now and she's doing so well behind the floor or behind the chair. But she had really inspired me to take social media to the next level. And uh, from that point on, it was game time. And I started watching all of um, Mary uh, from behind the chair, all of her. She would do lives on, you know, what they look for in one shot. And I came across one shot and I was trying to figure out what, what it was about. And I kept seeing people post. I just didn't know anything about it. And um, so I watched all of her lives that she would talk about what they were looking for, the different categories. I would go and, you know, people that were entering or the bigger names in the industry, I'd go to their pages and just kind of do like research, I guess you would say, of how do I go about this, you know? And I think the combination of having the motivation to do the social media and then do my research of the know-how and then really honestly one shot. Um, really made me start branching out into like the social media world, which I needed because I needed, I was doing so many tint retouches and haircuts a day along with other transformations, but it allowed me to feel comfortable posting, you know, work that I did, which drove what I wanted to do behind the chair into my chair. That's the piece you, you, what you wanted to do you made happen through your Instagram account because that drove the people into your chair. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think we get so attached to our clients and there's such a um, personable, um, you know, you build these relationships. And at the time I was doing these clients for 10, 12 years at this point, and it's hard to break those kind of relationships. But at the same time, you know, I wasn't creatively filled in what I wanted to do. Mm. And um, 
but, and I'm, I'm pretty OCD. So if I have, if I have a vision of something, I want to portray it how I want to envision it. I won't just start doing something. I have to like research it before, figure out how to do it. So before really I was, I was photographing stuff, but I really wanted to have it look very professional, very clean. Um, I didn't know how to edit any of that, but I always had a love for photography, you know, so combining all of those things, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's fun. And I, and I completely transformed my entire clientele within one year, I would say two max within that first year, it was, I was, I couldn't even keep up. I mean, this sounds insane, but it's the truth. And, and the two assistants that assisted me during the time, um, I mean, we would start at eight, nine o'clock and there would literally be days that we'd be here till like one or two in the morning. Um, oh. yeah. Um, creating content. Yeah. So if we were done for the day and the girls wanted their extensions done, we would stay, do it. I'd have them doll up in between and we'd go um, and get, you know, pictures of them for my social media. I mean, when I say it was like crazy for like two, three years of those hours, it was insane, but I had to do it. The thing is with Instagram is that everyone kind of thinks you can just take a picture of a client. And I, it just doesn't work like that. It's it's a performance to get the picture you want, right? Because it's yes. it becomes like a magazine shoot, but it's a mini one. And so what you basically did was you started creating content specifically for what you wanted, which is what I do. Yes. But you were doing it while you were running a busy column as well, and you were doing it in the evening time, whereas I added it onto a, a Sunday or a Monday and sort of did it, tried to do it at that point. But it does work. I think for anyone that's struggling with the idea of it out there, you've got to really take it by, bull by the horns and yeah. start figuring out why your photograph doesn't look right, okay? Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, sometimes we click and think it looks great as we're looking at it, and then you look at the picture and you're like, oh, you know? So you've yeah. got to work out your lighting. You've got to get your angles right. You've got to get the type of people. And I think that's a fantastic takeaway from today. Get do the type of people you want on Instagram that you want to bring in. Yes. And have a vision. You know, yeah. I feel like anything that I ever do, like even right now I'm being so busy and creating now having reels, you know, which I really enjoy doing. Um, but now it's, it's being focused behind the chair. I mean, at one point we could have five clients here at one time. If I'm doing three blonding services, you know, and their highlights aren't done or I'm brute shadowing mm-hmm. and then, you know, two tint retouches. I mean, but then on top of that, being fully focused with all of those clients running to assistance and then creating content, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's very, and every day is very intense, but a struggle that I'm having currently is having all of these ideas in my head of things that I want to do. And, um, I envision, I, I can't do them behind the chair. You know what I mean? I can't, um, I can't, I have to plan a day, but I have a three month old at home. So, you know, coming out of my days off is I already work oh. long hours. You know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's very, very, very hard. Um, and, and at the time when all this was happening, I have an eight year old. So, you know, say he was four or five at the time. I mean, my husband, was just like, you know, I would be like, okay, I'll be home at nine. All right. It's going to be 11. All right, babe. I'll see you when I see you. I'll see you in the morning <laughs> with a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, like you and I have both been chatting recently because we had this function on reels where we could edit and speed up. And I think it must've been a tester, right? Because no, nobody else has really had it, but you and I both had it. And I made fantastic reels at the beginning of the year and I didn't have to go out of the app. No. And Instagram, if you're listening, which you probably won't be, please bring it back. Because when it disappeared, we were both crying. I mean, honestly, I could make a reel so quickly. So fast. And now I have to, which InShot is great. I don't know if you've been working with it. I'm, I'm working with InShot, right? But I lose the quality of the image. It's not, the, the clarity not, is not there. The 4K disappears, even though they tell you you're staying with 4K. And also, it's just not as slick. No. So that's killing me, by the way. Just it, we sidetracked slightly on that. But Instagram is so important to our industry that, you know, if you've got that and you're listening, please tell us. Put it back. Why would you ah. give it and take it away? It's not yeah, there. exactly. So <laughs> you, you mentioned there and I mentioned at the beginning that you've got two, two youngsters and a, a very supportive husband by the sound of it, which mm-hmm. always makes life easier when they don't mind yes. you you doing what you're doing. I think mm-hmm. 
either be on your own or be with somebody who's supportive of you because mm-hmm. that's the best. But yeah. I always think that for an industry dominated by women, absolutely dominated, right? There's always the guys at the top there somewhere, but the industry is dominated by women. There really isn't a huge conversation about how you navigate the minefield of having a family, being a great mom, being a great wife, being a great human to yourself, and also being a great hairdresser. There's a lot of roles to play in that. It absolutely is. Um, We had, me and my husband were together. We were just, we were so both career focused um, and it just worked. I, I could never be with someone that's not career focused because they would never understand Mm. what I'm trying to do, you know? Um, and, uh, we never really talked about having kids. It was, we, we honestly really just never talked about it. Not that neither of us didn't want them, um, or did want them. We just, we both had goals that were non-negotiable before we even got married, you know? And, um, then when we decided to, uh, you know, have our son, um, I, I kind of kept with, I dropped a day. So I was on five days and then I went down to four and I, it was like the perfect schedule off Sunday, Monday, work Tuesday, Wednesday, off Thursday, work Friday, Saturday. And, um, and it went, it it was going really, really good. But, and right around that time though, was when I was starting to feel creatively suppressed with what I was doing behind the chair and the hours just started creeping up on me of getting longer and longer and longer and, and more and more. Um, and there was a year, uh, I want to say it was 2019. I want to say it was, cause it was the year before the pandemic. I traveled 10 out of the 12 months with education classes and, you know, the one shot awards and, and all of that. And with me and my husband, both, we kind of almost have to like reel each other back in, like, all right, we're, 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 we're going too hard here. Family's first and, and family always comes first, but we can easily go too hard. You know, I understand we, that it's, it's hard not to, you know? Yeah. And, um, it it's, I don't think there's a balance. People say, well, find balance. I, I don't think that exists. You know, you just have to do whatever's best for you and your family, but there's absolutely no possible way it would be done if you're, you're, significant other wasn't supportive. There's no way. I spoke to somebody in England in October, a very high powered woman. Um, Not that it matters whether it was a man or woman, but I think in this conversation, it's important that it's a woman. Um, And I said, I don't understand what work-life balance is. Uh, You know, everyone talks about work-life balance. It's everywhere. It's all over Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, I don't understand it. And she said, it's really easy to understand, Jack. It's what works for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. You know, and when you were just talking then, it's like the balance is what works for you and your husband. And one can always reel the other one back in, or you can both be going full time at it, or you can both be sat back and saying, whoa, we're just going to take some time out. That's the balance. Yeah. And I feel too, you know, being a woman in the industry and having one child and then I have another one, people always say, well, don't over, they're only young once. Oh, okay. So, so I don't know that they're young ones. Um, Mm. and there's a lot of judgment placed. I I feel on women with my son, I came back to work after six weeks, um, from having him. And then my daughter, I came back to work after five weeks. That was was crazy. (laughs) It was, um, uh, I'm used to it, you know, but I feel like the the commentary, which I, I really don't care what anybody thinks, because I do what's best for me and my family. Um, and both uh, times, both different pregnancies, I had a different experience coming back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, with my son, it was um, exciting. But then, the oh my gosh, I'm leaving my baby, you know? And then this one, I knew with my daughter, I knew what to expect coming back. Um, I, but I was more so anticipating, how is this going to work? because I do work long hours, you know, we pretty much work nine to nine, a couple of days a week. And then my hours are yeah. shorter the other days. And it was the anticipation of, and then also, you know, dealing with, you know, everyone was getting sick at the time. Cause I came back December 6th. I had her on November 2nd. Yeah. So it was actually a little, a little shy of five weeks, but also everyone was getting COVID. Everyone's getting sick. They're getting the flu. And I'm like, Oh my, I have to leave my newborn baby 
Um, and, and everyone and their mother is getting COVID right now. Like I can't bring this home, you know? So the, the fear of that, but then once I kind of just was like, that's just life. And that's just what we have to do. Um, and I have a huge support system at home too. We have a nanny. And then I also have my mother-in-law who watches my kids too. Um, so you, there also is the other piece, right? That if you're making a lot of money and there are no benefits in place for you after the baby, there's nobody, nobody's going to pay the bills. The, the government's not going to pay you bills to have a baby, you know, that, and if you, you're bringing in a nice big wad of cash, you've, do you give that up? Or, and then the kids suffer in some other way, or do you find a way in which to do it all right? Which is what, what mothers have to do all the time. Yes. And I tell people, I didn't spend 14 years building such an amazing business, you know, behind the chair to say bye. bye -bye. And I I love my kids and my kids come first, but I can't be the mother that I am if it, if I don't have my career, you know, um, I love to work. I love to hustle. I have visions. I have goals. I have things that I want to do. I mean, when I was on maternity leave, I was like creating like plaster you know, artwork for my house because I have to keep my hands busy, yeah. you know, um, and I love my kids. And when I'm home, I'm home, you know, and when they're in bed, I'm creating content. You know, it's um, if unless you're in the position of being a, a high producer behind the chair, um, and you want to maintain that, I can't really relate to people and they can't relate to me because they don't know why I do what I do. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think it's okay that people don't relate to any of us, right? If you don't relate yeah. to me, that's absolutely fine. But don't, don't put yours on me, right? And it's those sort of those microaggressions that we can get for doing us from other oh, yeah. people that can't, that can't do them, right? Or they're doing mm-hmm. them, but they think we should be doing them. I don't like those microaggressions. I just find it really annoying. Yeah, yeah. And I find too, you know, coming back to work after five weeks and the same things were said, you know, with my first pregnancy. And I guess I've kind of just always done me and I, you know, certain things people say can resonate with you and might mm. sit with you longer than they should, you know? Um, and then, you know, mother to mother, I think there's judgment placed, you know, whether if it's a stay at home mom or they only work part time or they say, you know, I want to be home raising my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those kind of things that are said to you. And I don't think it's necessarily intentionally trying to hurt you. It's just they're giving their perspective on how they raise their children. Um, I also think that when people say those kind of things, what they're trying to do is validate what they're doing. Yes. Right. Because if you're secure with what you're doing, you don't need to say, you don't need to comment on what somebody else is doing. You don't need to compare yourself in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have my sister. She has my older sister has four kids and she's been a stay at home mom. And she has a, she's a CPA. She has her accounting degree and she chose to stay home with her kids. And that's been her dream her entire life. And she's one, you know, phenomenal mother. Um, but she has four kids and, um, for her, there was no room in there to work all these years. Now her oldest is 17 now, and she does work a little bit here and there, you know, part time. Um, but now it's getting busier and busier with, with me just working was never not an option. I, I, and it's not even necessarily for a financial standpoint, it's for my brain. Like I, Mm. I need it. You know, and I find that I'm a better mother um, to my now kids, which is still crazy to say, um, because I, I'm I'm using my God given talent and I'm using my ability to create every single day. You know, and you're you're also showing. You know, I think that we show our children um, our own sort of morality and our own way of living. Right, we show them our values, and your values mm-hmm. include include getting up and turning up and going after what you want, right? Which you can, you can be a great mom, a great partner, absolutely, a great hairdresser and still look after yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, to there, there's going to be struggles in the process of it. You're going to be your, you're going to battle yourself in, you know, whether it's a couple of times a year, once a month, once a year, when I was doing those crazy hours, those couple of years, it took me a minute to see, and I couldn't quite figure out why my son was, you know, not wanting to go to school. I think he was in kindergarten at the time and he would, um, 
you know, when I would bring him to school, he would cry, he would throw a fit and it was all of a sudden. And it took me a minute to realize, you know, he's doing this because I'm, I'm gone. I was gone once a month on the weekends, um, traveling for education, um, taking classes. And it was his way of lashing out because I, I wasn't as present, you know, for, for a while. I mean, it was from say January till September, October, I think it started, but he started school in September. Then it was like, okay, now I'm taking this. I need to take a step back. I need to take a few months off of, you know, traveling for education and really use those weekends and be present because it clearly was too much for my son with me being gone during the week. And then even though it was one a weekend, you don't realize that you're affecting them, but it is. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't take any of it back because now he's eight years old and we had the conversations of, you know, if you want something, you have to work for it. And if you have to work 15 hours a day, you have to do that. You know, you also have to take care of yourself, but I think it's a, I always try to figure out how to make it a learning lesson, but now he understands, you know what I mean? Um, And, and he sees his mom doing it and whether when he grows and he decides whomever he's going to marry, if he wants to stay at home mom, because he envisions that for his family. Great. If he decides to marry someone like his mom, uh, you know, someone that just will do anything to meet her goals. Or Amber, maybe, maybe he wants to be a stay at home dad. Right. That's right. I mean, you can be whatever you want to be. Absolutely. Now let's turn this all around to um, the conversation to BTC, right? How important Mm -hmm. has, how important has entering BTC been for you personally as a hairdresser and how important has it been to be nominated for you professionally as well? Like before I started entering, um, I was watching people do it and, you know, putting yourself out online is very scary, Mm. you know, and I, from not really posting to like entering a competition and, um, I, it, I love photography, but I never had the means of, of doing it, you know, before I went to beauty school. And then you're in beauty school and I just chose to focus strictly on that. So now I'm at a point in a pivot in my career where I can combine both of them, right? And she has created such an amazing platform for artists to share their work that's not editorial, you know, like Naha, um, which has always been a dream of mine to enter. But now I have something that I can actually do, you know, and enter into something that I'm doing every single day behind the chair. Um, I... It has given me so much drive. I'm trying to find the correct words. So much drive and so much ambition. But in in return of that has grown my business unexpectedly in a different way. How did that happen? Tell me, explain that to me. So I think that I, I, when I was telling you, I was working like 9 a.m. to, you know, one, two in the morning. I mean, that was, that was at least one or two days a week for an entire two years. Um, you know, you, you do these client wants highlights and, you know, oh, they, they're not booked fit. Okay. Well, we'll book you next time. Oh no, that wasn't happening. You want those today? We're going to do them because I wanted the photo. It wasn't even about the money. I wanted the photo. And, um, and I would, you know, shuffle my day when, when you have like 12, <laughs> 13 clients, 14 at the time is what I was doing. And five of those are huge transformations. And the rest of them are either a couple highlights or a tint retouch or a double process at that. I literally would have done anything for a photo. <laughs> I didn't right. care. So, or, you know, someone brought a picture in of what they wanted to do and sorry. Um, and you just, you made it happen. Whether it was a 10 hour transformation, a six hour transformation, the only thing I couldn't do was extension. So in return of that, now I'm adding more services to my day, even though I, would be working way too many hours. It then turned, it made me get more what I wanted in my chair because I was posting that work. So then yeah. those larger services or larger tickets. And then the more extensions I posted, I was getting more extension transformations. So in return, it literally just, I mean, I just watched my career, you know, skyrocket into somewhere where I've always envisioned of being, but I knew it was possible. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And it was all from one shot and posting my work online. It's crazy. It's crazy actually on how much I grew my business in a, in a fiscal year. It's amazing. 
It's an amazing story. And I see that you've entered already. So I'm hoping to see you there. I'm going to wish you good luck with that one, right? Yeah, this past year, I, I, um, last year I found out I was pregnant. I think it was in February and I was sick. Like I was so sick with this pregnancy. Um, and, and during, right during that time, I had lost my longtime assistant that was with me for three years. And then I started working with an assistant that had never assisted me before. So here I am getting sick in between every client. Um, I'd have to keep stepping away to go to the bathroom and oh, it was, it was awful. And then now I'm working with someone that I've never worked with. Um, and only one, and I always work with two assistants. So I pretty much had to like set all extras behind aside and just focus on what I was doing behind the chair. So the typical content I would have, I don't, um, but we're just, we're, you know, keeping high hopes here for a nomination. Yeah. But if I don't, it's no worries. You know, there's always next year to create more. But always next year. But you're going, right? We'll be at the pool. Oh, I'm going either way. Oh, exactly. So I've, <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. I've, got yeah. three, I've got three entries um, that I'm just faffing around with at the moment. And that's it. Um, because again, you know, I've moved countries and, you know, starting a new yeah. job here and, whatever, but I've got some content that I did just before I left London that I'd totally forgotten about. And I'm like, oh my God, that fits yeah. into the time frame. Right. And I'm, I'm going to give it a bash, right? Because it's like, I love a little competition and I feel that they're good enough to enter. That's the piece, right? Because competition is so tough yes. in that. that I didn't Have you just looked put... through the work? Yes. Oh. Yeah. I know. I'm like, oh my wow. God. But yeah. Yeah. So it's I cool. mean, it's amazing. Like I, I look through and I'm like, okay, all right. It's even stepped up more a notch. <laughs> stepped since up a notch. Couple years. Yep. Which is great because it, it gives you a challenge. And I think 2022, we're literally, uh, we are back, right? We are back. 100%. Yep. Um, but I just loved talking to you today. I love the drive. I love the ambition. I love, I love the fact that you're just such a powerhouse. Yeah, I can just chat away to you. Look, oh, I've just got these shoes. I know. Get this. Do you know what I mean? I mean, we can message <laughs> each other and, you know, yeah. we can laugh and all of that. But I just, I had, I've admired you from the day I met you because I just felt that power. And I really am so thrilled that you said yes to coming on the show because I Oh, just, I'm honoured. <laughs> I think you're really inspirational. And I hope that you inspire more people as you go on your journey. Thank you so much, Jack. It was a pleasure being on here. Much of an honor, actually. Nah, let's have cocktails at the pool. Heck yeah. You can this year. You can this year. Right. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for coming. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favorite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Color, C O L O R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Color, C O L O R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor, C O L O R.com.